You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And today we are talking all about podcast visibility, which, you know, we've talked about visibility before um, with our very good friend, Amanda Berlin, who is like the, she's like the expert, right? On all things visibility. She's amazing. She's amazing. We have sort of a love affair with Amanda. Um, Of course we do. I don't even know if she knows about it, but I don't actually care. She does now. (laughs) We love you, Amanda. (laughs) But we thought it would be interesting to do kind of a deeper dive into one specific medium um, and talk more about podcasts since we're a podcast and lots of people, I think people tend to get their start in when they're thinking about more visibility in podcasts, right? It feels more accessible, easier. Easier. Yeah. Just like more accessible, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's hard, right, to pitch and to know what to write and how to follow up and pitching is hard. Yeah. Or it's just people are just, they feel like they're like not good enough. It's, I feel like it's like a mental game sometimes. Mm. Like they just, there's the mechanics of pitching and then there's also the, am I good enough? Why would they accept me? So I'm not going to even do it. (laughs) Really? No one should be doing that. I know. I know they shouldn't, but they do, don't they? I think. I think you're right. All right. If anybody out there is thinking about pitching a podcast and is like, I'm not good enough, I'm here to tell you you're good enough. You should pitch that podcast. Pitch that podcast. Oh, that was was so nice. Yeah. You just said such a nice thing to all our listeners. You're the best, guys. Yeah. I feel hearts. I feel hearts coming from Jamie. That never happens. No, I know. It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never this nice. (laughs) that's why I'm making a comment you know what I'm weak because my children are off from school three of the five days this week oh yeah yeah mine are not but they had fall break yeah I'm I'm enjoying every minute of this week because they had fall break it felt like right after school started and I was like (laughs) why is there a fall break right after school started but now that they don't have that they're in school this week and I'm happy school's been in session for two months here. I know. It's so for a lot of people, like I November. think Don's probably laughing because his your his kids have been in school right. like a month before most people in most right. parts of the country, but we don't start till after Labor Day. 
But we have this funny thing in New Jersey called Teachers Convention, which oh, I've do other places not have it. No, it's a New Jersey specific thing. Really? You didn't oh, know I that? did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No. Nobody has that. <laughs> All of our I thought teach- it was everywhere. No. <laughs> All of our teachers go to Atlantic City. Swear to God. All of our teachers go to Atlantic City for like, I'm going to put this in quotes, learning. Most of them don't go anymore. They used oh, to. Most of them don't go. Yeah. No, when my mom All of my friends, teacher, they don't go. Yeah. When my mom was a teacher, I think you went. Um, yeah. But now, and you know, my mom's been retired for a really long time, but now I don't think hardly anyone goes, but it's like a continuing education for teachers. I, this is just incredible. I, I did not know that it was only New Jersey. <laughs> well, you want to hear the funniest part? So last year I was planning a uh, trip to Disney with um, with my whole family, and I was utilizing the most amazing Disney uh, travel agency. My friend Amanda Harris owns and runs it. She's a rock star boss. It's called Magically Ever After. And um, Amanda was helping me. We were talking about dates. We ultimately decided to go at the end of November, but she goes don't go during New Jersey week because that's what they call it in the business <laughs> because everyone from New Jersey goes to Disney World on these. And I actually know like three or four local people who are going to Disney this week. <laughs> and it's all people from New Jersey. So I, when I leave on vacation, I, I try to leave New Jersey. So yeah. Not go not, with everyone. Yeah, yeah, no. Not relocate. I got to deal with these jerks all year. Like I don't need to. <laughs> enough is enough. Yeah. yeah. So I'm feeling extra happy because I, I actually took a few hours this morning. I took my kids to uh, breakfast, which was really nice. Oh, that's nice. Them. Yeah. Where and then I go? dropped them off at their um, their camp. <laughs> uh, yeah. We went to Turning Point. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, did you go to Turning Point? Yeah. I don't see that amount. I love it there. It was delicious. Yeah. It was very, very good. Yeah. And everybody behaved. Magical. I see. That's why I'm feeling good. <laughs> So my, that's why could, that's so, why you're in a good mood. That's yeah. why you gave our listeners some love this morning. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? So if I can take my kids to breakfast and have nothing spill and have no one yelled at and have everyone listen, you can pitch the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> so now that we've told you you can do it, we're going to give you some tips and tools from our awesome guest, Angie. So let me tell you a little bit more about Angie Trueblood. She's a podcast visibility expert who fiercely believes in the power of women stepping more fully into their gifts. Angie knows that the only perfect pitch is the one that leads with value and focuses on building a genuine connection. Whether she is hosting the Go Pitch Yourself podcast, teaching entrepreneurs how to pitch themselves, or working behind the scenes to secure opportunities for others, Angie leverages her super connector powers to grow businesses and build long lasting relationships. When she's not working with her clients or being active in her local community, she loves exploring Richmond, Virginia's parks and playgrounds with her two kiddos, checking out new restaurants with her hubs and laughing about motherhood with friends. And now on to the interview. I'm 
excited today. I am here with Angie Trueblood, who I recently met at a conference. It was so cool. Um, Angie is a visibility and outreach strategist, which sounds so fancy, but I'm going to let her talk about all the very cool things that she does. So welcome to the show and tell our listeners a little about yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Jamie. It was so good to meet you at Podcast Movement a couple of weeks ago. I am more specifically even a podcast visibility strategist. So I work with business owners and a lot of other podcasters, to be quite honest, and I help them grow their audience by positioning them in front of other audiences that are full of their ideal clients. So really by pitching them to relevant podcasts to come on as guest experts. So that's the bulk of what I spend my time doing. So since we met at Podcast Movement, which by the way, was such a fun event, although it is so big. Huge. (laughs) It can be really (laughs) overwhelming. So when you find cool people, I kind of latch on to them. (laughs) Same, same. I was so happy to meet you. And I think it was Joy and Amber just to have some familiarity as you're walking around the other thousands of people there. (laughs) Yeah. And it literally is thousands of people. Yes. Uh, It's so true. Well, what I what I'm interested in talking about is specific to podcasting. We had a previous uh, podcast episode with our friend Amanda Berlin, we spoke generally about visibility. But what I love is you have this very specific topic that we're going to chat about, even though I know you do other work, I, I know a big part of what you do is related to podcast pitching. So I think I think the first question that I'd love to ask you is, why on earth would somebody want to be on someone else's podcast? From a visibility perspective, because there are a lot of different platforms and outlets that you can look to to gain some earned media attention. But for me, podcasts really speak to my heart because it ends up being a connection between two people. And some of the other media outlets, it is It's not so much a conversation between people, more so it it could be just writing about your expertise and it's just not as personalized as what we do with podcasts. Like you and I here, we're having a conversation. People can really see that there is a connection, hopefully, between the two of us. And I think at the end of the day, especially if you're looking to grow your business in a way that feels good, having relationships be the basis of that growth is really important for folks that are in the online space. So often we feel really kind of isolated if you work from home or from a co-working space and being able to connect with others in a similar space as you just makes the work itself more interesting and just feel better, I guess. But that's really the first reason is the relationship piece of it and the ability to connect with someone else that can ultimately have business impact far beyond the scope of that one interview getting published. I've had clients who have connected with podcast hosts and done an interview, and then ultimately they were invited into a membership that they had and they came in as a guest expert. I've had them develop affiliate relationships by being on someone's podcast and then taking that relationship kind of to the next level afterwards. So I think first and foremost, I love it because the root of getting featured on podcasts is creating a relationship with someone. There's a couple of other reasons. I think for folks who are just starting to pitch themselves and to sort of get out in that visibility space, it's really accessible. It really is just about framing your expertise in a way that can connect with someone else's audience. And you don't need a lot of training, quite honestly, to do that. You just need to be strategic in nature. So I think it's a visibility platform that is accessible to the average business owner without having to do a lot of legwork to get up to speed on how the industry works. 
lastly, I always kind of think of uh, podcast interviews these days as the guest post of old <laughs> when folks <laughs> when folks would really want to get featured on people's blogs and then you could get the great SEO juju and link backs to your website. The longevity, though, of a podcast interview episode is far greater, I believe, than being featured as a guest post writer, for instance. There are still blogs out there, and I do think it's a relevant medium for folks to produce content. But if you think about how you yourself consume a blog, for instance, you might run across a blog post and read it and be really you know, intrigued by whoever that writer is, but rarely do then you go back and binge read all of the other <laughs> blog posts that they have, right? True, that's very true. But with podcasts, that happens so often. And if the podcast host is doing a good job of promoting their show, new listeners every day, and a lot of times those listeners that love them end up going back and listening to episodes that happened even one, two years ago. So I just feel like the shelf life of an interview, it's far greater than what you might see in other in other outlets. I think everything you've said is true. I love appearing on other podcasts. Um, for me, the relationship uh, reason that you gave first resonated so much because I actually, this just happened to me. I appeared on a podcast a year and a half ago. And then maybe a month ago, the host sent me an email saying, I have this legal situation. I feel like you are quite likely the right person that might be able to help me. He goes, I couldn't think of anybody else. And then I remembered our interview. And now we have this incredible relationship and I've done work with him and he's referred me to like four other people. It was incredible. And I was on his show over a year ago. So it was really, 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 really cool. Um, and I totally agree with that. And I just, you know, the relationship part for me is what gets me so excited about it. Well, and it's interesting that you say that given the type of service that you provide, because in the end, you are a service provider. Really, this year, I've had a couple of clients who are service providers like myself, you know, within some different type of service. And those folks have actually booked business <laughs> directly from their podcast interviews, either with a host, like what you just mentioned, or from folks hearing them on the interview and directly reaching out to them. And if the service that you provide is high dollar enough, then you end up making, there's always like a investment, right? You either pay for me to do it for you, or there's a time investment of people pitching themselves. But you really can get that return on investment from podcast interviews if you're strategically positioning yourself. And you can absolutely get clients, just like you mentioned, you can get them short term. And then the beauty is that you can turn around and get them long term as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the other thing that I often think about too, particularly if you are a service provider, is it's one sort of step in the way of getting expert status. Because when you're a service provider, there's probably other similar service providers out there. But a podcast, particularly maybe a half hour, 40 minute conversation enables you to show why you're different, or what makes you unique in the way that you offer those services. Absolutely. And what I have found is a lot of service providers are not pitching themselves, because we're so busy doing the work of providing the service. And so there's a lot of podcast hosts out there craving service providers in different niches. And it's it's a pretty high demand type of opportunity, really. Yeah, I totally agree. 
And um, I think that's, I think podcasting is a great medium. I mean, having a podcast, <laughs> obviously, I would think that. Um, but I've loved connecting with this, the, the guests that have come on our show. And we, we keep up those relationships for sure. I think everybody's convinced, right? Like we know podcasting is awesome, but We've done our job. Yeah, that's it. We're done. No, just kidding. There's so much more. Um, how do you know where to start? Who to pitch? Like the, there, I mean, you go on iTunes. There's like ten million podcasts. It's overwhelming. So I think a lot of people open that and then quickly close it. So I always recommend actually not starting an iTunes or Apple podcast. I recommend doing more of a strategy session yourself and really digging deep to figure out, okay, who are the people that I serve? I mean, who who is my ideal client? And what types of resources are they looking for around the same time that they might need whatever it is that I'm offering? So you really want to identify a couple of complementary business owners that are serving the same type of person that you're serving, but in a different way. So that if you pitched them to be on their show, it wouldn't be a competitive type of thing. It would be more, okay, here's how you can serve my audience in a way that I can't. So first, digging deep and identifying some of those complementary business owners really is your first step. And often, you know specific examples of those just because we're not working in silos. I mean, we know other people in the business space. So then you can kind of start your search by seeing, okay, well, where has this type of business owner been featured? What podcast maybe have they been featured on before? And start looking for podcasts that serve audiences that are just like yours, but in different ways. That is so much easier. Like, I, I wouldn't, I'm telling you, like, I, I, I have opened up iTunes and then, yeah, it's, that's a really smart way to do it. Someone else once gave me the advice to look at, if you listen to podcasts, look at, at the bottom, I think you can tell like what other listeners listen to when they listen to those podcasts. And I feel like that is also maybe another potential way that you can look at some of the podcasts you like. Yeah. So I'm a total research nerd. I mean, my background a long time ago was biology. And so I think I love this digging in and finding the podcast piece of it so much. But I mean, if you think of me as a service provider, people are traditionally looking to get on podcasts when they're looking to increase their visibility, scale their business. And a lot of service providers are starting to think about it. So if I can identify one or two podcasts that makes sense for me to be featured on, then you do exactly what you mentioned. You first find the podcast that makes sense for you, that's in a good niche, that has that complimentary business owner as the host. And then you look below and you it says listeners also subscribed to. And then you can go through those podcasts as well. And that really gets you in a more focused search than kind of going through the categories. I mean, you can definitely look at the different business and marketing and entrepreneurship categories. But I like starting with a more focused approach because it's not as overwhelming. And so it lessens the likelihood of you just throwing in the towel completely or of finding podcasts that are ginormous. I mean, we would all love to be on Amy Porterfield, but the reality of starting out your visibility game on Amy Porterfield is very low. So I think really getting appropriate podcasts for where you are in business is a great place to start. Yeah, I right. Everybody has that dream. They're like, I'm gonna, you know, it's like when you were applying for colleges, the reach, but those are good dreams to have, because eventually you could build up there. 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. So once you come up with your list of podcasts you're going to pitch, um, how do you know what to pitch? <laughs> yeah. So that also starts back before you start crafting an email or actually pitching yourself. And I have a pitch template. That's what I create for my clients and even for myself of three to four talk topics that would be really relevant for the audience that you're trying to get in front of, but would also be really appealing for the podcast hosts that you're trying to connect with. So it's almost like this Venn diagram of what's appealing to the audience that I want to attract But what's going to have that host say, yes, I would love to have you on? I come up, typically it's four different talk topics to start with. The first is a traditional how-to, kind of like what we're talking about today, how to pitch yourself for podcasts. And that's one, there's a lot of shows that are really tactical and they want actionable advice. And so having that type of talk topic in the bag is a really smart one to start with. The second is a lot of podcasts now are tackling if it's business or motherhood from a mindset approach. So they really want to get more into the, well, what are roadblocks that you might come up against and how do you overcome those? And so having something with a mindset focused topic is also really important. So for me, it could be, you know, what's holding you back from pitching yourself for podcast or visibility opportunities. And so I have a couple of different variations on the mindset mindset topic. A third that's also really popular and really great to have already prepped is more of a journey topic. So depending on what your expertise is in, it could be how you came to have the business that you have today. Or if it's a podcast host and maybe they have a marriage podcast, how did your marriage evolve to the point of wanting to have you and your husband on a podcast together? So really talking through the human aspect of who you are and how you got there. The fourth one that I sometimes will create is more of a niched podcast. So if there's a certain, even for you, if there's a certain type of client that you prefer to work with, then finding out what that niche is and finding a pitch that's really specific to that vertical or that type of client and having those ready to go, then it's easier when you start looking at, okay, here's Susie Q's podcast. Instead of thinking you have to pull a topic out of millions, you have your four and you can identify which one makes the most sense for that podcast. And then you tweak it to make it personal, obviously. So do you recommend when you go to pitch a podcast host, do you pitch all four or do you just pick the one you think would make the most sense? So I always put one that I think would make the most sense. And I feel like So I just launched my own podcast, so I haven't really gotten pitches for it, but I'm sure you can attest to this, is that I've worked with enough podcasters that they now forward their bad pitches to me all the time. And (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible. And I even do an Instagram story like once a week on bad pitches and how to make them better. A lot of people will just pitch themselves and kind of share why they're an expert and what they're great at but they don't do the legwork of bridging the gap between their expertise and how they can serve that person's audience. So I feel like it's really important for the person who's pitching to do the work for the host. So the host isn't having to come up with what topic would be great and 
sometimes when you pitch all four, it still leaves them having to do the work of sorting out all of those different options. So I like pitching one. And then normally if they're interested or intrigued, they'll shoot back a response of like, okay, that sounds great, but could we talk about this? Kind of like what happened with us. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I get, we get so many pitches. It's, oh my goodness. Some of them are great. Like yours was excellent, obviously. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we get some that are just, I'm like, this person, nobody would be interested. This person sounds lovely, but my audience. <laughs> there's no connection there at all between the people who listen to this and this person. And it's clear you haven't listened to a single episode. Well, and my, my good friend, Kendra Hennessy, we, uh, she has a podcast, Mother Like a Boss, and she was a client of mine last year. And we actually have an episode on my show where she talks about, we call it the spray and pray approach. And I guess that's what people are doing. They're just going down iTunes and emailing whoever they can get contact information for. But I see it a lot because I work with primarily women and a lot of them primarily have women audiences and women guests and they'll get pitched by men all the time. And it's super clear that they've never once listened to the show. Yes, that's what happens to us a lot. And we've had men on our podcast and we definitely do. It isn't that. It's just they're pitching these topics that are (laughs) the tone just doesn't match the tone of our podcast. Yeah. So listen, even if you don't regularly listen to podcasts or it's not a podcast you had heard of, at least I'd say listen to half an episode. (laughs) Well, and I tell people too, because sometimes they're hesitant to pitch themselves because, and and this, I think a lot of times is a female thing. They say, well, Angie, I don't have time to listen to three or four episodes. Like they really want to do their due diligence and make that connection rock solid, which I totally appreciate. But there are ways to personalize a pitch without having to become you know, an obsessed listener, you can go to their website and see what do they offer? Like, what do they sell in their business? Because that will give you a really good sense of how to approach their audience. So there's lots of things that you can do besides having to listen to five episodes start to finish to personalize it and really make it appropriate. I totally agree. I mean, I I don't have time and I'm very honest with the people that I end up going on their podcast, I will have always at least listened to at least one of the episodes, or at least part of it. And I will have definitely done the research on their websites, um, looked at what they're offering, who they are, and I'll know about them. And I'll understand what they stand for, look at their social media. But I'm very honest about it that, you know, I just, I I know it's a good because it really is a good, you're doing them a favor almost as much as they're doing you a favor. It's a win win for everyone because you have an expertise they're audience wants. So they're going to get more listens. Um, and you're getting in front of it, a already known audience, it it just works really well. So I think it, that shouldn't be and I agree with you a reason to not pitch. Correct. But you make a great point too, of once that pitch gets accepted, and then you're being invited into their home, you do need to do your due diligence, you know, and you don't have to do an exhaustive one, but at least listen to a couple of episodes, like you said, to get a sense of the tone and the energy, because that's a really important piece of connecting with that person's audience too. Oh, and know if you can curse or not. (laughs) 
it sounds silly, but there are some podcasts out there that I mean, ours is clean. We don't we actually bleep if someone does accidentally curse. Um, but there are some that that would be really upsetting to the audience if they heard a curse and others if you don't curse, they're like, who is this person? We don't like them. <laughs> so knowing the tone of the podcast, is it lighter? Is it more serious? Are you going to joke around? It's do they want to know about you personally? Or do they want to know more about you know, your knowledge, because some places don't really care about who, where you are, where you come from. They just want the information and others really want your story. Um, so knowing all of that so you can be prepared is also really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So when you sit down to pitch, if you've, you've done your research, you have these great ideas, how do you construct a really strong podcast pitch so it gets noticed? I have a system for creating a pitch email or that template that we talked about. And I thought about it before I came on. It definitely has a lot of parts to it. And so I don't want your listeners to walk away feeling overwhelmed that, oh my gosh, I can't nail seven parts of a pitch. I think the most important one is coming out of the gate with some sort of personalization and somewhere someone told people that if you cite an specific episode and a specific guest, then that checks the mark in personalizing a pitch. And that actually doesn't always work. So when I say personalizing, it really is what we talked about, knowing the audience that you're speaking to, knowing what would be really relevant for them to have as a guest expert on and clearly explaining that very concisely. So recognizing, you know, as we talked about your podcast and and the theme of fearless when we were at podcast movement, we talked about there is fear around pitching themselves. And so that was a clear sort of connection and it made sense as to how I could serve your audience in a really personal way. So really the pitch needs to sort of start with hey, I just discovered your podcast. I'm like you. I don't I don't say I've been a fan of your podcast for years. I'm just honestly, come on. And I think that adds personalization, just that transparency and saying I love how you're and I always kind of have a one-liner of I love how you're serving XYZ people in this XYZ way. So acknowledging that I understand how you're serving your audience and then connecting the bridge between what you do and how you could serve their audience. So I think the personalization is so important from the get-go and not coming in hot with like your bio. Bridging that gap of why they should keep reading is so important to start. Oh my gosh, the bio pitches. (laughs) Uh, You're amazing. I get it. I do not in any way, shape or form see how it's relevant. (laughs) Right. Well, and and it's important to establish your expertise and credibility. And I do that after we kind of get through the, why would this person be relevant for your audience? It is important to have kind of a one-liner of quickly who they are and what they do, just so that the, the host actually knows who's showing up and that they are an expert. But coming in with that long, I'm just picturing it, this paragraph bio <laughs> of who the person is, yes. is not appropriate. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So after you sort of establish your expertise, it's important to really put a pitch out there saying, I would love to be a guest on your show. And I thought a relevant topic for your audience might be XYZ. And it's really the clarity that you come in with that shows that you've done your homework and you know what would serve their audience. I always 
try to style the topic that I suggest after how the host names their episodes, which I know is small, but some, yeah, some podcasts have a really specific way of titling their episodes. And so if, if that is the case, then mirroring the title that you suggest after that is just one more step in showing I did my homework. So the pitch and being specific with it is super important. It needs to be clear and concise. And I actually often will include a couple of bullet points to sort of share a conversation around this topic might include some of the following talking points, just so that host starts to get a real sense of what that conversation could look like, rather than it just being sort of a one-liner. And that's also helpful since we're not pitching multiple topics. If there's something that stands out as one of those talking points that's more important to the host then that will trigger them to reach back out and say, hey, what if we really hone in on this one specific topic? The pitch kind of goes in the middle and you want it to be thorough but concise, which is sometimes really hard. But I never want a host to get to the end of a pitch and have questions because traditionally, like you, you get pitched all the time. The chance of you're responding back and asking for clarity is slim to none unless you have a relationship with the person. So just being really clear on the pitch and then wrapping it up with an example of how you have had some visibility exposure before. So if you've been on other podcasts and you're pitching to be on a podcast, share two examples and you can include the link in there just showing that you're not a total newbie at podcast uh, expert interviews. If you are a total newbie, that's also fine. And you can, it is, I mean, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So we've linked people to their Facebook lives on their Facebook business page. If they've done any other sort of a guest post, then we'll link to that. So it's just really anything that can show, I'm going to show up as an expert. I have some experience doing this and your audience is sort of safe in my hands is a great way to wrap it up. And then I always call the very last part a confirmation of humanity where <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, because so many of the pitches come across so robotic that it's really important just to say, hey, I'm totally up for sharing this if it works out. So I have an audience. It's just acknowledging that that the podcast host is looking to grow their podcast and showing that you've got skin in the game and that you're willing to help them do that is so important. Yeah, those are those are really, really, really good points. Um, and you definitely have described a podcast pitch that I would open up <laughs> and that I would consider. And I will also stress if anybody is listening and they have not been on a podcast before um, and they're super nervous about it, um, you know, you definitely, you know, as you guys can hear, um, Angie and I didn't talk at all about this ahead of time other than we talked about what the topic would be. And we're just having a conversation. Um, and as Angie says, interesting things, I may ask more about them. Uh, and so it really, truly should be a great interview, should just be a conversation. So if you're very, very nervous, just have conversations and you'll slowly get to feel more comfortable in these types of situations. But 
until you try. <laughs> You'll never get over that fear. Um, and it, editing is a wonderful thing. Our producer right. <laughs> who hops on before we start this show says to all of our guests, remember, this is not live. I can change any uh, answer you'd like me to if you stumble, which I still do all the time. And he has the bloopers to show it. We just say, <laughs> we pause for a second. We say, please cut that. And we move on. Uh, it's It's not as hard as everyone thinks that it is. Well, and that's another reason, honestly, that podcasts are a great place to start because the conversation is much more forgiving than if you were pitching for speaking opportunities where you're basically commanding an entire room of folks just staring at you. <laughs> you know, it's so for me, it's always a great first step with folks that haven't really put themselves out there and it helps them really to hone their skills and get feedback of, well, oh, what questions is Jamie digging into a little bit more deeply? You know, what topics are more interesting to my audience? So I always start with my clients on podcasts and then sometimes we will evolve to speaking opportunities, but definitely being on podcasts is a great first place. Yeah. And it also lets you know, as the service provider, what you have a difficult time expressing easily. Um, so if there's a particular, you know, for me, like in the legal sense, like if it would be hard for me in the beginning to maybe articulate why you need a trademark quickly and accessibly. Um, and now I can do it very quickly and easily, but it took a little bit of time. And so it gives you that practice with the ability to edit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So you've given us so much incredible information. Thank you so much for taking the time and really breaking down both why podcasts are awesome, which our listeners already know, um, and how they may benefit some of our listeners by trying to be a guest. Um, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you and uh, um, if they want to reach out and to connect more with you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do it. Um, so I just launched my podcast. <laughs> ooh, ooh, uh, I got to yeah. pitch you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might be the first. Um, <laughs> actually, second. The name of the podcast is Go Pitch Yourself. And it's anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And it's really a behind the scenes peek about how to pitch yourself, the strategy. And I do interview folks who get pitched. So we kind of pull back the curtain on the types of pitches they get, the ones they love, the ones they don't love. So it's a great starting place if you've never really put yourself out there in the visibility space. And then if they're looking maybe to get more one-on-one -on -one support with pitching or their visibility strategy, they can go directly to my website, angietrueblood.com and forward slash services is where they can see what I offer. And if anyone is interested, they can always, you know, schedule and hop on a call with me. So, and then if you have folks who want to do it themselves, they're like, nope, I'm going to DIY this. I can totally do it. I have a free download uh, for your listeners that they're welcome to get. I use Trello as the workflow for myself and my clients. And so I'm sharing the Trello workflow board that we use with clients in my business, as well as a video walkthrough of it at angietrueblood.com forward slash fearless. So that'll be there for your oh, listeners. Oh, I love that. We'll make sure and drop those links in the show notes too, because I know there are a lot of um, Trello enthusiasts that listen. Trello scares me to half to death. Um, oh, I have a love-hate with oh it. Oh my <laughs> gosh, but people swear by it. So I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's good chatting with you. And um, I hope it's not another year before I see you at the next podcast movement. 
Yes, we'll have to chat offline about it. (laughs) I would love that. All right, thanks again for coming. Yep, thanks, Jamie. That was great. Angie is full of so much great information. People, you need you need to start pitching yourselves. Just it's, go do it. It's true. And Angie does. It's not scary. <laughs> no, it's not. And you know, it was really cool because Angie's actually introduced us to some of our upcoming guests. Yes. We have yes, one of our fearless has. founders who's coming up who has an un, like a ridiculously amazing story where every time she's like, and then this happened, but I launched a company. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, but like woman. <laughs> so Angie introduced us because she does do pitching for um, four clients on their behalf and she's quite good at it. So she's she sent some our some guests our way. Um, so listen yeah. to Angie, follow the steps, pitch yourself. We're going to do a little accountability in the Facebook group. So yes. everybody who has not been or who's been hesitating, or even if you have been, we're going to talk about who is going to do some podcast pitching and we're going to make sure that you do it. Join us in the HQ. Thanks for listening. And until next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.